on maynard.com.au. Hey babe, I'd like to talk to you. How's about coming back to my room for a little boom boom? That's a pretty rare night. You're interviewing Stacey Q on one side of the table. On the other side, Paula Carcass is going through his stage outfits. You're dividing up the colours and the darks for the washing cycle. What are you working on here, Paul? I'm just trying to figure out what I want to do tonight. I like to mix it up. You've got a whole bunch of neon ones and you've got a whole bunch of more 21st century dark colours. I can see why you'd be a bit torn as to what to go with. Yeah, I like color because I paint. I just think color is really great. And I also like to look at what everybody else is wearing and then go, okay, how can I be a little different? You look at the suits I wear and you go, yeah, that's probably what I don't want to be wearing. The other way, competition. Paul, you are a great second act opener. You come on and people know we better be paying attention. How's all around the world been going too on iTunes? It's been going really good. The YouTube videos, people have been watching it and going to it. So I'm really happy with it. Decided to what to go with tonight, Paula. It's a very impressive array of Paul Lukaku's dancewear I'm looking at here. It is a bit of a dream come true for me to be on the same show as Paul Lukaku because you're one of the artists that I really wanted to meet on this show because that song, is it's, it's never not worked for me as a DJ. I get a chance to thank you personally for it. Well, thank you. I mean, you know, I do my best. That's all I can do. <laughs> Can I grab you for a moment? Not right now. Not right now? No. Okay, sure. The winner for best socks on the Totally 80s tour has just been announced, and I'm proud to say it's me. They're either Austin Powers socks or to an earlier generation, Tim Brooke Taylor from The Goodies, depending on. I love those socks. Who have we got here? We have Dave Schultz. I'm Chris Olivas. Terry Nunn. But back to my socks. I would like to receive a pair. I can't even speak anymore, but we'd like to say what fans we are of you. Thank you very much. I would never imagined I'd ever be on tour with you guys. It's pretty amazing. How has the Berlin experience been? And whenever I've found you guys to come off stage, you are always happy. We're always happy, yeah, because it's a great crowd. A great crowd every place we play. We have a good time, you know. When did you start going out into the audience? would take my breath away. When did that start? Back in the day? Or- and did it happen accidentally, first of all? You just hopped on someone's shoulders and no, you thought, hey. No, as a matter of fact, I stole it from Courtney Love. She got on someone's shoulders. She didn't go very far, but I thought, oh, that's wonderful. That's a great idea. Because Peter Gabriel had done it, but he kind of laid his body on people and then they carried him. Yeah, no, I don't no. know if I can do that because so I wear scary. short skirts. Yeah. That wouldn't work. But when she did the shoulders thing, I thought, yeah, I, I like that idea. So then I just kind of Ooh. built it from there. And like just about every other act on the Toad Ladies tour, you've never played Australia. I have not. Terry. Yes. Australia gave us our first tour internationally in 1984. It's the first time we left the States. That was really cool. 84. find the Australian audiences if you haven't been here before? Uh, I love them. They've been singing along to every song, yeah. which is, was, that's a wonderful thing for a musician to see. Yeah. Just happy. Mm. What else can you ask for? People ask me, they go, oh yeah, what are they doing now? You guys are still a working band. You're writing new songs and doing new stuff all the time, aren't you? Yes, in fact the original Berlin 3 are writing the next album. The ones who wrote No More Words and yes. Something else that they've been asking me is, do they still do that sex song as if you wouldn't do it for some reason? Yeah, <laughs> we have- sex remix oh, version okay. of of that song, yeah.
Australia. You guys have sex too, right? It's called Root. You could call the song Root here. I'm a root. I have a root. It just doesn't doesn't scan. I just learned that about three days ago from one of the dancers. Where can we catch you on the internet? Where's your presence on that? Berlinpage.com and on the social media, we are Facebook Berlin Official Band. And if people have got any great photos of you out in the audience, just send them in there because you must have a whole huge page of that. We do have a whole huge page of that. My Instagram is Chris J. Olivas. I can tell you that. If the music industry was the way it is now, back when you were trying to get a go, how would you have found that? That would be a very difficult thing, wouldn't it? It's difficult anytime because there's a lot of people who want to make music and make money making music. We would have figured it out, though. If you want it, you find a way. We figured out a way to get heard and get out there. And who's been the most interesting 80s character you've met on the tour? That'd be you. Actually, Maynard, you're my favorite. Yeah. Honestly, you, we man. wanted to get a picture. Remember, we wanted to get a picture with yeah. you before anybody else. I this thought that was for police wrong. reasons. <laughs> we've got two shows in Melbourne. We're going to visit bookshops and bars. I believe the two things yeah, we're going yeah. to visit. Maybe clothing stores. Yes, clothing yeah. stores. Thank you very much, Berlin. Yeah. Thank you, Maynard. Bye, Maynard. I'm backstage at the first night at Palms, which is at the Crown Casino, and I'm here with some people who are not from Melbourne. Where are you from? From Portland, in Victoria. Where does that sit in a map of Australia for our overseas listeners? In a big hole. It's over in near the South Australian border. You're here because you're about to meet Martika. What turned you on to Martika back in the day? From school. She got me through high school. Doesn't she look great? She looks wonderful. And she's just so lovely. She's got that aura about her. She goes, hello. She's really nice. What is your favourite Martika song? If you're Tarzan, I'm Jane. Really? Yeah, yeah, I love that one. Maynard here, back with you. It's the second night at the Crown Casino, and I'm just wandering around some of the dressing room now. On this dressing room door, you can see it's Lamal. Well, I can see it. You can't see it. Just imagine in your mind's eye. And by the way, I'm looking gorgeous. Lamal, Paul Lukakis, Ivan Doroschuk, and David Sterry. Got Ivan here. Hi, Ivan. How are you going, by the way? Good. How are you doing? It's your last night with the tour. How has the tour been for you? You haven't been to Australia before? No, it's the first time. It's been awesome. Would you describe us as being different to any other audience in the world, or are we pretty much the same as a mix between the Americans and the English? I'd say you're a lot more easygoing. It's a lot more relaxed place than America, let me tell you. Easygoing in a good way or in a bad way, as you wouldn't like an Australian surgeon working on you? No, in a really good way. In a good way. <laughs> What's been the favourite town that burns in your mind the most? I really liked Hobart. I thought Hobart was really kind of quaint. and. Uh... You kind of got the feeling that they had come from a long way to see us, and they'd been waiting all these decades to have a bit of a Go. Paul was saying that it, it felt like we were in a James Bond movie or something like that. It was the casino thing. Oh, yeah. It certainly ha- had that feeling about it. I also noticed that once or twice you've changed your lyrics there to the Homer lyrics for the, from the Simpsons with everybody look at your pants. I noticed you pulled that one out once or twice. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it always gets a good reaction. <laughs> you can dance. You can dance. Everybody look at your pants. What are you up to when you head back to Canada? We're going on tour with, with the Human League and Mark Almond. And wow. Then on a cruise, Caribbean cruise. 
with Berlin and Cheap Trick. Taking the full band on that one or just going yeah, on your own? It's going to be the full band. Now, a lot of those bands you mentioned we haven't had here at all, if not for a long Like Human League haven't been here for a while. Mark Armand, I don't know if it's been here for a while. Yeah, there's a lot of artists there that mm-hmm. haven't been here. Yeah, there's a bunch of people on that bill too, like Flock of Seagulls, Missing Persons. Check out your Facebook page. You put up some interesting photos there from time to time. Yeah, yeah you guys are going to have to have me back pretty soon too. Uh, I think we will. We will. Just so you can do some more of that Pop Goes the World dancing. I love your dancing and that always gets a good round of applause. Yeah, yeah. And that's a lot of fun. We've been having a great time. Thank you so much, Poster. Dave Sterry is signing the poster. It's a bit of a bittersweet night tonight, isn't it? Because this has just been the kind of show that you've always dreamt. A variety show that's fun to be in with people that you really enjoy being in, in all the environments. Because some people can be tough to work with. Absolutely. I think we've all left our egos at the door. And people that I've wanted to meet forever, you know, I can't believe that I actually got to meet Martika. It's just been fabulous like that. And everyone's been respectful and helpful and the production people have been great. It's all been good. Because you've got lots of new yeah, stuff. I have. I've got stuff coming up. I do have the the proper real life website and it's all been redesigned. I've got so many half written things and now this has kind of given me a real kind of, oh dear, I really got to get this done. Well, one of the things I'm going to do is I'm, I'm going to get out my real life vinyl when I get okay. home and, and get out my real life 12 inches and have a listen to the extra tracks and those remixes and play things like that. Because you got more than two songs that I would oh, know I for know. sure. Oh, shit, yeah, yeah. If you were putting a third one, what would the third one be you think people well, would have? probably Face to Face, which was a bit of a, but it was a hit, a single and a hit here briefly. But the funny thing is, man, is that in America we had a whole lot more kind of hits. Not as big as Angel, of course. We had a song called Babies that was actually banned in Australia. Look that one up. Song called God Tonight, which was a huge K rock kind of hit. that I can't really play here, actually, which is very sad. You've had similar issues to what Dave Mason had in some ways in that you lost control of your own music for a while too. That mm. must feel horrible, particularly if it's stuff that's done well and mm. you wrote it and you're mm. not in a position to exploit it. Absolutely. Well, our record company was liquidated, which is probably the worst thing that happened because you're dealing with liquidators who have got no concept. But there was an organised crime thing and then one day everyone was gone. I don't want to mention his name. Oh, humour getting a little bit yes. too close to the point. Yeah, dealing with liquidators. For, it took me, oh, 
God, 11 years to get them to just sign off. They never had any right to my property in the first place. They just didn't understand that and they didn't care. Because the Australian entertainment law scene probably hadn't developed much Mm. then, you couldn't find the right person to go get them. absolutely. There was no Shane Simpsons. No, there wasn't. There were six lawyers in 11 years and every cent I had. Wow. Then there was another nine years going the American and European distributors. I could only get the right to do that by opening the liquidated company and getting my rights there so I had an opportunity to go and audit the other companies. So it's very complicated. You'd be pretty happy to have an iTunes system going these days because that, that would actually work out. Would that work out better? If you'd done Send Me an Angel through iTunes and you'd done the cut with Apple, do you reckon you would have done worked out better financially under those rules than the ones you had originally? We just didn't get any royalties at all in the first two times around. We just didn't. There's no accounting to us. They're always arguing about, oh, no, you owe us money, blah, blah, blah. You spent this on the tour. And there's just no figures, no figures to back anything up until I found them eventually and went, oh, now, hang on, we're talking millions of sales here. It's millions of sales. Anyway, that's all over now, and now I'm having a great time. And living in North Melbourne, and there's a lot to be said for that. I absolutely love North Melbourne. I walked back there at 8 o'clock this morning just to sort of sit in my little house for a minute. It was good. I'll see you out on stage. Thank you, man. Cheers, mate. I'm here getting all the signatures on the poster, which is going to go up in my kitchen. It doesn't get used for food. It actually gets used for posters, really. As far as a cook goes, I'm a great driver. Paul, actually, what's your thing? You're a good guy in the kitchen. You strike me as you might be a closet chef. I don't know. Me? No. I like to shop. Paul's been called to some emergency shopping. We're toasting to our hard work and a successful tour. We did it! We're just having a toast just before the show at the end of the tour. Hey, Lamar, did, did you think you'd get through this far, Lamar? Yeah, absolutely, of course. <laughs> You've still got a few to go yet. It's a breeze, a breeze. We've got Robin Lyle being uh, mic'd up here. How are you feeling, Robin? I'm feeling good, but it's actually Robin Loal, as in Polynesian, like Luau, but I'm Samoan, so it's Loal. Loal. That's it, Robin Loal. It's all right, I'm seeing a therapist about it. Are you feeling better about physically? On top of the world, actually, I'm fighting fit. You've only had one bum night, really, haven't you? Yes, but tonight I feel okay at this stage. Loal. 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 <laughs> Stand by for announcement. We've got Dave Sterry on stage now from Real Life. I'm just standing next to uh, John Smallman there. Of course, we haven't met before. Who is the tour guy? As a tour guy, I guess there must be enormous relief when you actually see the artist get delivered on stage to perform. Absolutely. Because that doesn't always happen. And of course, whatever happens on stage, that's not really your concern, is it, really? I mean, there it is. It still is. I'm the artist liaison, so I need to make sure that everything's on set ready for them, that they're there on stage on time. Yeah. Okay. Oh, well. well, you'll be pretty happy tonight. Isn't everyone in a great mood? Yes, they are. It's, it's a great atmosphere tonight. Also, there's a very supportive atmosphere amongst the artists here on this tour. We've got Chris from Berlin watching. We've got Katrina from Katrina and the Waves watching. Let's see if I can word but... Hi, Katrina. It's Maynard here from the podcast. Nice to see you having a look at Dave doing his stuff out there. Yeah, he's uh, he's right on form as 
usual in this fantastic crowd here in lovely Melbourne on a Sunday night, I think. It's a great warm-up, Dave, isn't he? Like Ivan and Dave get everyone smiling, don't they? Yeah, we don't even see it as anybody warms up and anybody's a headline. We're all just loving it. That's true. And the good thing is Dave gets to go to bed earlier than the rest of us. Of course, will he? Hell no. That's quite an outfit Stacey's got on tonight, isn't it, Lamar? It certainly is, Maynard. <laughs> it's very 80s. <laughs> Yes. Do you need anything? Yes. Have oh, some. Thank you very much. There's no warnings. Oh, fuck, I forgot to change my outfit. Uh, we've only got five minutes before we go on, haven't we? Yes. Okay, what I'll do is I'll change during Paul. Okay, he's not going to kill the audio. He's walking out now. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, to get your blood flowing, a guy who had a number one single in this country for five weeks in a row in 1987. You know him as Mr. Boom Boom. Please make welcome Paul the Carcass. Oh my God. Oh, baby. And have you been whipped into an 80s frenzy this evening? Beautiful Martika, what a great Totally 80 show was that, people, yes! Why don't we thank the band, please? Paul Gray, Robin Wow, Simon Shapiro, Craig Laird here, and Damien up the back under an injury cloud, but pumping along there, Damien Cooper, thank you very much. Get a photo now, this won't be happening again. Hey, excuse me, Dave Sterry from Real Life. Do the lyrics of Send Me an Angel have anything to do with you being an atheist already? Do you believe in heaven above? Do you believe in love? Did that have anything to do with any atheism ideas or not? It was a real question that I was asking. I don't know where the whole lyric came from. I just don't know. It was written in five minutes. Any good song is written very quickly. So what inspired it? Did it come from the ether or something? Were you a bit drunk? How did it happen? I needed a root. <laughs> And I've had several since I wrote the song. Many artists wouldn't tell you this. Sometimes you write a song and go, I know I'm going to get laid out of this. That's refreshingly honest. That's really honest. I know. I can't get any more honest than that. Look, we're just standing in the Reevesby Workers Club. We're about to do the third last show of the Totally 80s show. And it's been my pleasure to be getting around the country with Katrina. Hello. Hello. Uh, you know, we're going to have to get our skates on. They're going to open these doors and it's going to shatter the illusion if people see me standing here in my turtleneck. How has this time compared in Australia to previous times you've been here? Which was when? I was here for the Countdown concert and that was in 2007. And before that was in the Dark Ages, 1986. Oh, we just only um, had power at that time in Australia. That's right. So mm. I heard. It, was, it made playing rock and roll a little bit challenging. We had to... Uh, hit our instruments very, very hard. This has been great. The entourage has been marvelous, your good self included in that. We've loved working with Martika, Berlin. Yeah, have you worked with most of these people before? Only Lamont oh. for my sins. 
He is a wonderful person. He's a card, isn't he? He's fantastic. You've noticed on the tour bus, he really keeps the ball rolling. He's, always He's talking laughing. about uh, Bette Davis all the way here. Oh, my he? gosh. We were talking about Betty Davis the whole way here, every movie she's been in and every tidbit. And even if you're kind of thinking, I'm not in the mood for this, it does get you out of your head. And it's a nice distraction, isn't it? And same with his show, too. He's having a bit of a chat with the audience and suddenly he starts doing some old dad jokes. Can we stop him? It's his style. It's completely different. There must be a stage in Las Vegas or somewhere maybe in the Poconos who'd be happy to invite him in a couple <laughs> of years' time when he's looking toward his retirement years of standing up, telling jokes and doing a few songs. Whenever you come on stage there, you rip into Walking on Sunshine and you get out and you meet them. Canberra was a challenge because they were making people sit down. They wouldn't let people dance, but you didn't let that stop you. Well, you know, you've got to play by the rules sometimes, and as long as they're mine, then that's absolutely <laughs> fine. I love telling people that you are a Grammy nominee. You won the Eurovision Song Contest in 1997. Oh, it's Katrina, yeah. That's why usually I practically cut you off in your wonderful introduction and start walking out because I think they haven't a clue. So as soon as you say, and she sang Walking on Sunshine, I thought, I better take the stage now. And people just go nuts about it. Ever played somewhere and it not gone as well as you'd expected? I can't see that song ever not working. Before the song was a hit, the band had been playing it for a couple of years in 83 and 84. We used to play around the Air Force military bases in England, and we played some RAF bases as well for the Royal Air Force. And it used to be a dance floor emptier to the extent we took it out of the set. It was too happy. It to, was too up-tempo. Yeah, you know, everybody was into Joy Division and Susie oh, and the Banshees. <laughs> And so we would come with Walking on Sunshine. It was just, it kind of ruined the mood for everybody. Did you write Going On Down to Liverpool or not? Going Down to Liverpool was a Katrina and the Wave song hmm. written by our guitar player. Hey. change it that much really no they didn't and they had a hit with it and it was before we had a hit we have to thank for giving us the opportunity to be signed by Capital oh, right. because the word kind of spread you know there's another band and they've got a girl in the group and they're doing a lot of shows in Canada I'm American but we started in Canada because we had a rec first record deal there with Attic Records so people always thought we were Canadian anyway they tracked me down 
and eventually Capitol Records signed us and the rest is history. What are you up to these days? You're obviously writing new stuff, performing all the time. Yes, working on books. I have a hardback called Peggy Lee Loves London. Which I bought a copy of and I recommend if you're into London and you're into poodles, it's probably the only book you should have. Well, thank you very much for saying so. We're working on our second book, which is called Metro Poodle. It's going to be a little bit different, but it's still going to feature a wonderful little poodle and all of our favorite things that we love to do in Cornwall. I'll let you go and get ready to perform now. If there's one thing you had to do in Cornwall, I've been doing this latest book, what's the one place you should go or do or experience in London with or without a poodle? They say that a pub closes down every day in England, so I think get it while you can. Go and enjoy a wonderful pint in the Black Lion in Kilburn is a very, very good example of a, a very old pub. The Guinness there is absolutely delicious. You're making my mouth water just thinking. Now I'm walking on sunshine. Whoa, I'm walking on sunshine. chatting with our musical director, Paul Gray. Hi, Paul. Are you on, actually on? Yeah. Paul, you've done the Wawa Neek performance and you've been the musical director for the entire tour here. Mm. How does it stack up as far as other tours you've done? I mean, because you've had to be a bit of a jack of all trades in this one. I can't uh, think of any uh, troubling spots, really. It's been good. And you've had the mm. kitar has been on stage. Kitar is with me at all times. I need that thing. If anything goes bung with it, is it easy to fix? Looking at like a 30-year-old instrument, aren't we now? I might have a backup kitar. Oh. You never know. And can you swap components out in those things? Are they very modular or not? No, you just grab the second guitar, you tune it up, and away you go. And for the people out there, the guitar is the keyboard guitar. How many different sorts was there? I always thought there was a Roland one, I think, that maybe uh, Pseudo Echo used to have. Pseudo's had the Korg for many years. I've got the Roland. And back in the day, I had a small Yamaha KX10, and that was a ripper. That had mini keys. And you had to be quite good to play it because the key's so small. Does anyone still make a keytar? Because I imagine with the whole retro thing, well, who makes the new ones now? Uh, Roland, Korg. They still have their own. Once they've seen me play, the young kids are going to be taking it up like Pele <laughs> and it's a soccer ball. I don't know. And what's it like doing the Wawani tunes to the audience that loved the tunes back in the day? It's fantastic. They're singing along. They know the words. follow-up to fit in with the times, maybe do gluten-free, perhaps? That's a good thought. Um, no. Um, How do you decide you to do them in that order? Why do you do them in the order you do stimulation, then sugar-free? I reversed the order before. I'm not too fussed, but I think the opening intro sound on stimulation is a bit of a thrill for some people. They go, oh, I, we know that as being the sound of that song, and it's a, a recognition factor from the word go.
And there are some people who haven't seen you since back in the day and they have a big female fans at the time and they just go nuts. It's straight away, they're back to their teen years. Well, that's right. We were a countdown act and we appealed to young girls. 12 to 17 was our major market, I think. Was there anything because you were from Sydney and bands of your ilk at that time tended to be from Melbourne that were being a mm. bit poppy? Were you seen as being outsiders in some way? Oh, they're the Sydney pop backed. When we entered that countdown period, it was 86 and kids in the kitchen... Pseudos were reigning supreme. Both Melbourne X. And in Sydney, we had Machinations. And Rockmelons in that genre. But I think we had that teen appeal which could compete with the great pseudos and the great kids. Yeah. Are you a hard taskmaster as a musical director, Paul Gray? Or not? not at all. No. You let your, your band roam free range around the uh, stage. They can poop and wherever they want. Generally, people get the songs and the references and they, they do their own thing. Mm. And how difficult is this uh, real life guy? Does uh, Dave Sterry cause a problem, issues with the musical director or not? He's right here and he's the best. Well, he's going to be opening tonight. It's up to you to get him all warmed up tonight, Dave. I know. Yeah. Shit. Front door's open. Time to get sing. But have a good, have a good show, guys. Thanks, man. Uh, thank you. And of course, there's other musicians backstage. We've got uh, Mr. Shapiro here. How are you? Very good. And where would people have seen and heard you play before? My regular band is uh, 1927. We've got a celebration tour with Pseudo Echo, a bit of a double act there. As you've noticed, there's certain places around Australia that are really glad that you turn up there. Uh, Hobart is certainly one of them, and Perth's another one, because it's a long haul and not everyone goes there. You know, they're really appreciative that that you make the the trek over there and and give them a show. With the totally 80s uh, show, Simon, what are the challenges playing bass in that? Is there anything particularly tricky that comes up, or is it just good to know what's on the set list next? (laughs) I definitely want to know what's coming up next. There's a lot of pumping eighth notes in the 80s stuff, so you had to do a bit of uh, strength work Ooh, on my wrist. Okay. Yeah, hang on, this is a bit of insider backstage knowledge here. For me, the 80s stuff was always a compressed-based sound as typified by the models.
different about playing 80s style bass? Well, you're true there. I've got my compression pedal on pretty much all the time on this, which I don't always use for other gigs. Which makes the bass just go either bump, bump. There's no dynamic in it. It goes bump, bump, bump. Makes it sound a bit more computerised. Yeah, there's that, definitely. But then also, I mean, we're lucky to have Lamar with us on this tour and his first song, Too Shy, is one of the iconic bass tracks of That's the 80s. Right, it's, in that one. it's a funky, very funky bass slapping thing. Nick Beggs, his name was, and he was a great bass player, still is, great musician. It's also a bit of ooh, a bit of nerves when that comes up, but uh, but it's a highlight of the night for me. Have a good time on there tonight. Thanks for your uh, input. It's been great having you you with us and uh, getting the crowd going. And uh, I don't even think much fun. to get them going tonight. They're all be revved up. Yeah. Again, I'm just wondering. Around stage, Paul uh, Lukács is, is looking on there, and uh, look at you. You've got your New Oxford Street outfit and an Oxford Street haircut or something. There, you, you've really been hitting the town the last couple of days. Yeah, I've been shopping, haircut, and all the good stuff. You know, out of our prices compared to America, because America is the land of cheap clothing. It's good. You, I've got some great stuff here. Well, yeah, you've been recognised. Come on, um, a little bit, <laughs> a little bit. They're going. Are you, are you that? Are you that guy? Yeah. Some people follow me around the store. Yeah, I get coming <laughs> to that. Well, I hope no one follows you around tonight. That you don't want you to follow you around tonight. Enjoy your time on stage tonight, Paul. All right. Thanks a lot. Dave staring beside the stage while Lamal's on. Lamal's such a pro, isn't he? He's fabulous. He's fantastic. He has an amazingly beautiful, beautiful voice and great songs. And the way he just works the audience so yeah. casually, it's like, it's like he's their best mate come for a visit. Yep. I knew that I would get along very well with him. I'm so happy to meet him. We've had a great day. We've been shopping. He bought the same jacket that I'm wearing on the tour. So you've actually influenced Lamal's fashion? Absolutely. Oh, yeah. You never would have picked that one out, have you? No, no, no. I'm here with well-known author Katrina from Katrina and the Waves. How's things going on tonight's show, the last one of the full lineup in Melbourne for you? Tonight's show just flew. Everybody's been taken down somewhat with the lurgy that's going around, a little bit of cold, which has turned everybody into husky-sounding lumberjacks, and that's just me. But we're all having a fantastic time. Some of the favourite times on the tour has been caused by Lamal and the beautiful soundtrack he brings to our dinners at night. It's usually like a Judy Garland or something like that he puts on, like a weird 80s family having a healthy meal. It absolutely shows the transformational nature of music. All he's got to do is put his little speaker on and it changes everything. It makes sense of what we're doing because we love music. 
but it's sometimes it seems like the craziest occupation, but it makes it all worthwhile if you think somewhere somebody else might be playing one of our songs backstage in their dressing room to get them up. Because at the moment, <laughs> Lamal is prancing around like a prat. He's doing that ape thing he does sometimes too. Lamal, you've just come off stage. You've just been. Have you ever went when you've been handing out your photos during? Has anyone handed a photo back to you? <laughs> no. Oh. Not yet. They're too shy to do that, you see. Now, obviously, you haven't had a chance to tour Australia because you've been too busy beforehand. Is it anything like what you expected it would to be? Because you were very popular here. You obviously knew that. But. It's uh, everything and more, really. Obviously, the, f the, f the first thing that's great is everyone speaks English. When you work in Europe, which I have many times... Because you're big in Poland, and that's yeah, a surprise, yeah. But when you travel in Europe, you can't really soak yourself up in the local culture because you can't listen to local radio, watch local TV, read a local newspaper, even conversing with the locals because unless you speak 20 languages, places where they speak English, that's already a great start. What are you listening to musically at the moment? You seem very eclectic in your taste. I'm totally eclectic. I could put on jazz, like Chet Baker, I love Ella Fitzgerald and all that sort of American songbook genre, of course. How can you not? And then I love, I've got a little workout playlist. This is it right now, which is like the up. Everything's upbeat. Yeah, what's pumping out there at the moment? Earth, Wind and Fire. Earth, Wind and Fire. My first two albums were Earth, Wind and Fire, Three Degrees, Motown and Barry White. Barry White. Mm. You can't go that deep, can you, with your stuff, can you? <laughs> oh. no, not quite, no. Oh. <laughs> Tell me, what was it like? George M. Rota seems to be a thing. You you were produced by George M. Rota. Did you get to meet him much yourself or not? Of course, yeah. I, I met him when I recorded the vocal. So what was he asking from you vocally for the vocal for Never Ending Story? He was very specific in what he wanted. And I likened working with George Murray to me it'd be like if you were an actor getting a call from Steven Spielberg I knew it was that important George Moroda was two times Academy Award winner for movie soundtracks etc and plus all those amazing Donna Summer hits and he worked with Blondie and Queen Any singer that got to work with Giorgio around that time was benefiting from his success. He had a, he just had a sound, he had an energy. You just got pulled in and sort of onto the train, as it were. So would it be so, multiple, multiple, multiple tracks and takes, or would he just really sit you down specifically so you wouldn't have to waste time? No, no, there, what was his style? There were a f quite a few takes. As with technology, he just, he'll compile the best. So I think there was about four or six takes, and he just compiled the best bits together to get one master vocal. Did that yeah. make it tough when the song was a hit, then you had to go out on the road and make it live and do the best you no, could? No, no, because I think in live you make up for it in other ways. You know, there's the visual element, there's the, the energy of being there in the live situation, as it were. So. Lamal, it's been such a pleasure to meet with you, and you're a great guy to have on tour. You're, you're welcome. Where is, how is that recording, by the way? How cool is that?
much for being our Totally 80s crowd. We've been your Totally 80s tour. My name's Maynard. Well, I'm going to go home to bed. Bye. On maynard.com.au. AU. Bryson and Hugh. Everything digital.